Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea. He's right here. I am right here. You are. And running the boards is Joey D's. Hi. Hello. On today's show, we're going to do a little TV catch up with BJ. There's some shows that we've talked about that I want to get BJ's opinion on. Some shows that he's watched that I want to get his opinion on. And of course, a movie that I'm not, I don't know about this title. I'm going to have to see if this is going to be something worth while and of course the geek sheet with vicky b vicky how can people get a hold of us get a hold of us via our website bjgeeknation.com it's gonna have our blogs podcasts and more or just search bj chase geek nation on facebook twitter instagram youtube itunes and the odyssey yeah so many ways to get a hold of us to listen to us to interact and uh please do so we love to hear from all of our geek nationals out there if you're doing something geeky let us know all about it one person who's been watching a lot of television is BJ. And what do you mean? I never watch TV. Oh, of course not. No, you no, never. never. I, I never do. And this was interesting because when we last recorded talking about this show, I think Joe and I had only each seen the first episode. Vicky hadn't seen it yet, and BJ wasn't here. He was on assignment. And that would be John Cena in James Gunn's The Peacemaker, or just Peacemaker, and it's available on HBO Max, and when we had watched it, was just the first episode, so we're like, well, it's definitely got James Gunn's stamp on it. Like, it's absolutely 100% of that, and it's from the Suicide Squad, the character mm. from that, and a continuation of that. And since then, I have seen, there's now five episodes out. I've mm-hmm. seen three. Uh, how many have you seen, Vic? Four. Okay, four. And I think I think we're all up on four, maybe or so. Like, yeah, that. yeah, you're right. Yeah, I have. I haven't seen episode five yet. I plan to as soon as we get off the air here. Same buddy. here, because, yeah. dude. Seriously, this is one of the best shows on television, and it's on HBO Max, so you know you'll have to spend a little bit of money to get it. It's worth it just to watch this show. Oh, to quote one of my favorite shows, Inside Job, Daddy Issues, yeah! <laughs> well, that's James Gunn's staple right there, yes. is having issues with your father or your father figures. Oh, I'm so happy, by the way. I gotta, I gotta get, I, I have a couple of Inside Jobs I'm gonna bring on the plane with me. Uh, Vicky, I'm glad you're liking that show. I totally oh. forgot about Inside Job. Oh, you haven't seen it all the way through? No, I'm, I'm the one I think it told you yeah, about you it. Did. I, I know, and I and I forgot all about it. I watched the first couple of episodes, but I saw. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm the only one watching this, but that's okay. I'll throw some on my thing. DJ. So the fact that you love it, I'm going to keep watching. I have seen it or have had it played like probably hundreds of times at this point. And Netflix wow. is going to send me a letter over like, and what over the and hell? over and over yeah, again. It's my wow. background wow. show. It's my show. I fall asleep to now. It's usually oh, you have cartoons wow. that do well, that. Well, that is cartoon. It's a cartoon show. Oh, Inside Anime Job. Show. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. thinking. I was thinking of the movie. Some... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, 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 no the show. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, we've talked about it. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. With Christian Slater yeah. voicing and it's all the conspiracies. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. So getting back to Peacemaker, and I want to bring up that I don't know about all the episodes, but Jody Hill who we know is a great director for comedies. I think he's worked a lot with Danny McBride uh, and maybe even with Adam McKay. I don't know. But Jody Hill, is, is he's a guy who's written and directed good stuff. He is, of course, part of Peacemaker as well. As oh. we start, yeah, so that's why I wanted to bring that up because you know you the reason we're loving the show so much, they got a lot of quality people involved in front and behind the camera. Absolutely, 100%. So uh, as of the third episode, like the first one kind of helps you learn about a little bit about Peacemaker. The second episode, 
really get you into more about all the other characters and a little bit deeper dive into that. Like the first episode, I really felt that it was like a rated R Cobra Kai. And I even said that. And then watching the second episode, especially out in the field when they're just um, doing things with the, uh, the, the appliances, I was like, this feels like Hot Rod. And as it keeps going, it just gets better and better. And then the third episode, you really get to learn more about what the threat really is that they're trying to deal with. And and you haven't even, you you haven't even seen episode four. No, so I are. haven't even seen so episode four yet. There's stuff. I mean, we can't even tell you because there is new development that we you don't know about. But I wanted to get yeah. Vicky and uh, BJ both of your opinions on this because we already got you know Joe and mine's opinion. I want to hear what you guys feel about this. Go ahead, Vic. Oh my god, it is ridiculous. This show is 100% ridiculous. And I really have to give a lot of props to Vigilante, especially because of this episode, because we do get to see him, you know, as his normal self, if you will. And I decided to do a little bit more searching into the actor. His name is Freddie Stroma. And his range, because he creeped me out. Because he is both, like, he seems like he could be endearing, but also that weird dorky kid that probably was, like, setting... You know, roadkill, you know, on like on fire with like firecrackers in high school. We all knew that kid. But this kid has like some ridiculous range because he was also on Bridgerton and Harry Potter and I guess Hint Game of Thrones. He like he's a legit guy and he has such a good comedic timing, but also has a really good way of looking very sinister, but like non-threatening at the same time. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I think what's great about this show is that these are all basically, if you will, trope two-dimensional characters Mm -hmm. that the actors then flush out into three dimensions as the show goes on. And you laugh at the satire of the tropeness, if you will, but then you realize, my gosh, you really start feeling for everybody. And that is uh, like, that's just like with Freddie and really the whole cast, they're doing a great job acting because you care about, I care about, I care about all these characters. There are shows where I don't care about any of the characters and go, Mm -hmm. my God, I got to stop watching this. This show, I can't believe how I care about everybody. Especially, you know, Peacemaker. Because you thought, especially after watching The Suicide Squad, there's no redeeming qualities for this guy. Oh, there this, wasn't. This guy is an idiot and he only like knows how to do one thing. But especially in this last episode without divulging too much to ruin it, he, he, we've seen John Cena be, you know, the mus- muscular, hunky, dumb meathead. And sometimes in a comedic fashion. And and we've also seen him really funny, but you get to see like his real acting chops. Like you get to see something deeper. And I like it gave me chills. Like I'm getting chills right now. I was like, damn. This is a very turn. It's a very healing episode. (laughs) I agree Mm -hmm. with Vicky because from a behavioral science standpoint, bullies and people who basically marginalize other people, it's hard to have empathy for them. But when you see, and it's funny because we talked about, uh, you know, uh, and before about about Encanto and how it's about stopping family trauma. And you get to see how family trauma contributes to a lot of a-holeness out there. Mm -hmm. But you only see the a-holeness, and therefore you don't have empathy for those people. John Cena and Peacemaker, I think, are going to be very healing in a way if you, you know, unless, of course, not everybody's going to see this show as much as folks watch All in the Family. But Archie Bunker was an a-hole of a character, but he really created a lot of healing when you realize this guy was created and didn't realize what a buffoon he was and didn't realize how life was changing, but you could really see how he got this way. And that's what John Cena is doing with Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And all of them, all of them are just like, you get to go, wow. I mean, I know Vigilante is just like, the line where he says, 
I would have shot you both in the face for smoking a joint a year ago because it was illegal. Like he's all about right and wrong. <laughs> you know, all black, uh, like black and white. Yeah, there is no gray. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's why he's like, I'm really pissed off right now, but you know, it's legal. So I guess I got to deal with it. And it's like, yeah, I kind of know that. I, I mean, not to that extreme, but I know what he's talking well, about. He also mentioned that, you know, you know, we kill people for doing bad things like graffiti. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, yeah, there is I, I, no gray with this man. <laughs> yeah, love that. Even you know, like uh, I, I, I think a, a Nutley or Newt Lee who plays Judo Master, who's terrific. <laughs> judo Master is such an awesome character. Oh my God, so you yeah. mean there's going to be more Judo Master after uh, episode three? Oh uh, uh, yeah, I guess we kind of gave that away. <laughs> well, well, no, it's good to know because I thought just, the character was pretty entertaining the, from what a, the little introduction. Great. Judo Master apparently is a lot more resilient. And and look, you, <laughs> yeah, you wonder like, will he be back? Because well, he took a beating. Yeah. Well, let's just say he proves how resilient he is in episode four even more wow I mean, nice he, he was in like the 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 what is it the 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 opening credits so you would think you would see him a little more right yeah maybe yeah which which by the way i love those opening credits i don't skip at any point because i right? love how entertaining it is and even james gunn came out and said the reason why everyone looks so serious is literally because they wanted to show how ridiculous the show could be but also how serious it's going to be played like these are all characters like yeah they're dealing with completely dumb ridiculous situations because it is a comic book show but also they're playing it and they're acting their asses off with this it's such a good show and everyone yeah. takes it really serious i like it a lot i really it's another dc hit TV show. TV it's like, show, yes. You know, now, though granted, Suicide Squad, James Gunn version was really good. Well, but yeah, they, they know how to make good TV shows, DC. I mean, and well, they know how to go get guys that know how to make good stuff like James Gunn. And I think it really helps that DC is opposed to Marvel Comics. They're not afraid to be like, you know what? You want to go for that hard R? Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, Warner, Brothers is, Warner <laughs> Brothers is not Disney, so, you know, yep. uh, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Marvel needs to like step it up. Okay, we got Deadpool. We know we can do it. Yes. it'll give you money. Now, moving on from that, uh, we did get Joe's response to the Expanse finale, oh, the yeah. series finale, <laughs> and it was. I mean, you know, he, he it wasn't, and I hate it immediately. He, you know, he gave a little bit of a, a thought to it, and you can go back and listen to his. But BJ, now since you were one of the other big followers with this show, we wanted to get your opinion on it as well. I was uh, I was severely disappointed. I think. I, oh my God, it's happening! <laughs> yeah. I, I, and look, I, Joey and I, even though you guys think that Joey affects my opinion, um, which you know, I will say this: Joey, like his father, can really make you believe something until you get a moment to breathe. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I did, you know, I did switch my opinion of the Matrix, uh, the new Matrix movie, mm -hmm. uh, Resurrections, uh, which I don't think will ever give me switch Joey's opinion, but. Yeah. Uh, in no. <laughs> this one here, I thank you, Amazon, because sci-fi was the one that originally perpetrated the crime of basically not letting this full expanse story be told. Amazon gave us two more seasons. The budget for, as we know, the budget for a good show is insane. And Amazon will pay money. I mean, they're paying $60 million per Lord of the Rings episode. But... Or the Ring of Power, I guess, is what the new things would yeah, be called. Yeah, the Rings of Power. But I, but I wish they would have taken at least maybe I don't know, give us like ten or twenty million, and can we do the Expanse the right way and give it the send off it needs? This is not the send off it needed. It was really, uh, it was yeah, it was so disappointing, so frustrating, and it was rushed. It was only what six episodes, I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah. it was. I mean, you know, ah, oh, it was. And I mean, I hate to you know come down on Amazon because without them we wouldn't have had anything more. But 
It's so frustrating. This is a great story that could have been told and finished if it was in the right hands, and it just it just wasn't. And so, therefore, like Game of Thrones, I think this last season was a failure. Ooh, yeah, and I mean, it comes down to that sort of point where it's like shortened episodes, just trying to get through it and get it done with. Joe basically gave the same opinion, and it was, you know, you get to some sort of finale, but when you get there and you're just sitting there like, we're like, well, okay, it's over. Yeah, now what? Yeah, my big thing, and I don't know if you thought this, BJ, it clearly seemed like they didn't know they were going to get this truncated season because they started a new storyline at the beginning of every episode of this backstory of the planet with the protomolecule and then pretty much just never came back to it. Oh, you're right. There's a there's a kid that gets resurrected from the dead by these little creatures that this girl calls a dog. Ooh. I have no idea what the hell that was about. And like Joey said, <laughs> the, I mean, oh, y- no. it was, yeah, it, it was, I mean, why even tell us this story? I almost want to say to Amazon, once you knew that it was, you just don't show it. Just cut it out and make the episodes like even four. And at least I won't be mad at you. You're right, Joe. I totally forgot that. It was bad. I mean, that was interesting. It's like, okay, I want to know how this kid comes back from the dead. And instead of this stupid no. political <laughs> thing, which granted, I get that I wouldn't have been so irritated by all the politics because it was in the in the previous seasons, it was mixed with all the mystery of the sci-fi mystery. There's politics and sci-fi mystery. Okay, I can deal with that. That's great. But this was all about politics. Oh, and here's a sci-fi mystery that we won't answer, which, by the way, we really have not answered. That's the whole idea. It was all politics and no answers. And guess what? We know politics. We, thank you. But it's like, okay, yeah, side A, side B, and side C. They don't like each other. And then somebody has to come together from side A and side C to stop side B. Thank you. Okay, great. Oh, good you know job, I mean? Joe. Yeah, it was. It was ten minutes of every episode. Yeah, it it really was. BJ off. Good job. I forgot about that little girl. You know, they made you really care about her. She went to resurrect her brother. You know, and then it was like, oh yeah, we don't even know what happened to her. They just said peace. It was just just as bad as last season when the actor that played I forget his name, uh, who was the pilot of the Rossinanti, you know, he did some bad stuff in, in real life. So they gave him the stupidest death, the character, which. I understand you got to make moves you got to make, but it's like, I hate this. I hate when everything is done horribly and rushed and badly, which is kind of what the last two seasons of The Expanse has been, and it's just left mm, yeah. a bad taste in my mouth. It, it really to show has. you, uh, you should just replace a character uh, with a different actor than yeah. rather kill them off randomly. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been, you know what, I'm much for that, which, you know, since we're talking about it, let's, you know, there's a big debate now in Marvel. There are a lot of Marvel fans that say, look, please, before you make the next Black Panther movie, it's an important character. Let's just recast it. Uh, and and I think that's just because of the fact that uh, the, I can't think of the actor's name who played his sister. Apparently, she's kind of you know uh, uh, you know outside of the world you know the movie world. She's done some stuff now that people aren't happy with. So now, like even that character may not be usable. So it's like, my God, what kind of movie can you make when you don't have Suri and you don't have T'Challa? What are you going to do? We're going to have a movie without either one of them, and then but you're still going to tell us it's a Black Panther movie. I think, yeah, let's recast. I mean, Joey's right. Recast the characters rather than go, well, we'll just do without them. Uh, You know, life happens. We did it. Look, we got a new Dumbledore. It was fine. We made it happen. I think we've honored Chadwick Boseman a lot. We really, really have. I think that Marvel, the comics, and also the MCU universe has done a great job in honoring Chadwick Boseman. I love what happened in What If and that we got to hear his voice again. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, I think it's time. I think the Black Panther is an important character. T'Challa is a very important character and needs to live on. 
There are other talented actors out there. I'm sure you can find somebody who will do an admirable job. Let's get that done, Marvel. And Wakanda's cool. I want to see more. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Exactly with that. And it's funny you're talking about recasting because it's just one of these things where moving on to the next show, Superman has uh, had many <laughs> different uh, iterations. I don't know if we want to call them variants or anything. So that's an MCU ah, thing. Variant sounds good. I like variants. But right, yeah. I mean, there is a different uh, Superman for, gosh, every generation at this point. And this one's no, uh, no different with CW's uh, Superman and Lois. And I have to say something because I and I believe this was the same actor that showed up as Superman in uh, Supergirl, and that would be uh, Tyler Hoechlin. I so eventually, you know, they never showed the face in Supergirl, but she talked about her cousin and all that, and then he would show up from time to time, but they would just show him some muscular guy, but not. But eventually, in you know later seasons of Supergirl, they showed Tyler Hoechlin as yeah, uh, it was as Superman. Super, yeah, you're absolutely correct there. And so Tyler is the one that's playing Superman, uh, uh, opposite of Elizabeth Tullock, who plays Lois Lane. I have to say, out of all the Superman ca- actors, I like Tyler the best. The, 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 what? Yeah, and I know that's saying a lot. I mean, I, there have been a lot of great people that have played it, you know, including the, the wonderful Christopher Reeve. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I like Christopher Reeve's Superman, so I'm not taking anything away from that. But I really like the way Tyler is playing Superman as the family dad. And look, this is within the constraints of the WB universe, which makes me want to strangle myself with all the, all the teen <laughs> drama that happens. Uh, but still... He does a good job. I like his Clark Kent. I like his Superman. And this season starts off good. And I have to, I I, I will say this. I love you writers because they're throwing in lines when there's this mysterious character that we've got in this new season who's buried at the center of the earth. And this character apparently is affecting Superman where he can't even use his powers because this, this thing's in his head, but they, but they didn't even know that's what it was, but there's a being trying to break through the center of the earth and somehow it's tied to Superman giving him nightmares and horrible dreams. And then eventually we get to see this character in a, but kind of like a big space suit as it breaks out. And eventually somebody punches him hard enough that, Part of his part of his helmet breaks away, and you see this all twisted up version of Clark Kent, and Ooh. you're like, "Oh my gosh!" But when they st- when 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 Lois was talking about this, she said, "Look, man, I know you're going through some hell, Clark. I don't want to go all Doomsday on you." And I thought, "Oh, wait a minute, <laughs> is that Doomsday? Was that a little throw?" Yeah, right. But you know what? It wasn't. It wasn't at all because somebody else had said, what the heck? Are we fighting some sort of bizarre Superman? And, of course, everybody knows the wonderful reverse Superman is Bizarro. And oh, wow. So uh, we're getting to see Bizarro this season. I'm excited for that because I, I love Bizarro. And, uh, you Such know, a he's weird basically, character. He's the Hulk version of Superman, the way he speaks and everything. It's just, you know, and everything's reversed. Me and, and Bizarro? Impossible. Yeah. So I... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm very, very excited about that. So that's what's happening as we've rolled into season two in the C-Dub. It is uh, my favorite C-Dub show. I, uh, I, I, I think probably because the characters are a little closer to my age as opposed to being Fair like enough. teenagers or yeah. like, you know, or early 20s. So, you know, and so it's a good show. If you haven't watched it yet, I think it's a really it's a really good C-Dub show. Now, this was a show that I was kind of interested about because I wasn't interested because it had a name that didn't sound anything geeky uh, for me <laughs> other than, bless you. Thank you. It didn't really resonate with me at all just by the title of it. And it was Raised by Wolves because Dude. I'm like, what? Oh, this yeah. sounds like something like Jungle Book, like Mowgli or something like that. I don't really care about this. And now reading the description and the fact that you've seen it, BJ, and you wanted to talk about it. 
Now I'm interested. Yeah, my gamer friends are all like going, what are you, stupid? We told you about this a long time ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm like, really? Are you sure you told me about this show? And they go, yeah, we've all watched it. We all told you to watch it. And I I think like you, Rev, I was like, yeah, Raised by Wolves. Yeah, what do I I care about that? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, yes, the title does definitely mean something. And, uh, and also don't forget wolves and sheep's clothing. Uh, think of that as well, uh, because, okay. uh, I'll just say that when you start watching the show, um, that's exactly very much what the show is about a wolf in sheep's clothing. And that's all I'm going to say. Side note, if, is- you, if you don't want to know more, don't go to IMDb and read the synopsis. Cause it kind of tells you. Oh yeah. It tells you everything. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just a heads up. If you're yeah. not wanting it spoiled. Yeah. Don't, uh, because it, I, it did, it wasn't because I didn't know this. So it was very, very shocking for me, but this is a fascinating show about basically two factions that have to leave earth because earth is about to die and they got to go find a new planet and they find a planet called Kepler 22 something, which by the way, if you do your, if you know your astronomy, Kepler is a real place. Oh, so, wow! Um, and I don't, you know, I don't know if the astronomers believe that that, that Kepler is going is like a sweet spot planet we could get to. Um, and um, so there's atheists and religionists. And the religionists took an arc, of course, mm-hmm. but the arc that they took takes a way long time, so they have to be in hibernation. Whereas the atheists, they were able to get things done quicker because what they did is they had two androids travel, which means they could travel faster and not have to worry about any, you know, being suspended or anything. They didn't have to go slow. And they created life. They brought embryos with them and just basically, you know, created new humans. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so that's the story of uh, basically these two androids, mother and father, and creating new humans to populate this new world. But eventually the Ark is going to show up and, you know, the folks on the Ark are very much against the atheists because the folks on the Ark are religionists. And then you've got this all, this this whole drama that's about to inf- uh, unfold. Interesting. And uh, yeah. it's, you know, it's weird. It's quirky. It's slow. And it's so good. I, 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 I mean, for me, I really like it. It's what science fiction is all about. It is the weirdness and the philosophical. And, uh, and there's still enough coolness and, and good effects. Uh, but th- this show is, is, is really like just unfolding and more unfolding. And you get to see, you know, uh, even though they're religionists, their religion is very different than any religion we know of today, which, of course, We've got to see in science fiction when somebody has a concept and turns it into a fundamental thing that's you know beyond reason and tying a, a godlike entity to it, uh, which of course is what humans tend to do. Mm-hmm. I love that this there's a whole new thing where you go, who would ever believe in that? Not even like anybody who's a religionist now would never even believe in that. But I love that. Well, you know what? Fundamentalism can happen anywhere. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, it's a well done show, and the reason we're talking about it because you're like, wait, so that show was on so long ago. Well, episode two, uh, season two is about to drop uh, very, very soon on nice. HBO. Nice. Yeah, HBO Max. So I'm binge watching the hell out of it. So I'm ready for uh, February third is when it drops. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, very, very, very soon. Now this is just a a movie that I was not interested in. You said you've seen it. 
So, have you seen 2149, The Aftermath? Yes, this showed up on, Am- I think, Amazon Prime. And the reason you probably don't know anything about it or can't even find it is because it's been given, like, so many different names. And oh. Even, <laughs> e- even on IMDb, you will not find this listed. But if you look under the movie Confinement, that's where this is. Um, oh. And it's, been, it's like five, six years old. But I uh, like Molly Parker a lot because she was fantastic in the new Lost in Space. So I'm like, you know what? I will watch anything that Molly Parker's in that's sci-fi. I'm going to do it. Uh, This is another quirky, weird story, which I really like. It's about a future of humanity. Bad stuff has happened. There's been a war that just ravaged the planet. And we uh, start this movie with a kid who wakes up basically... In a very small cube, like this is where he lives because the atmosphere outside is so poisonous. It, you you get the idea that he is one of many humans that have survived, and he lives in this cube, and he never leaves the cube. And it's a small cube. He basically has like a gamer's chair. He's got a big screen TV, basically a, a TV wall, and you know he he doesn't speak. He communicates via keyboard. And he gets fed like, you know, TV dinners, if you will. And Mm. usually it's the same one because the system is broken down. And they go, hey, would you like this? Would you like that? And he goes, yeah. And they go, well, we don't have that. Yeah, we don't have that. (laughs) Been there. there. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, when he's not playing this video game, he has to do work remotely operating uh, like like this, you know, this digger sort of construction equipment. uh, And basically looks like he's just pushing around and digging sand. And if he doesn't operate it properly and doesn't do his job, Job, a computer comes on and says you can be replaced and meaning like well we'll throw you out in the environment you'll die so that's how this starts and then we wow. go on this adventure with this this young boy as he is trying to figure out because his mom is also in a cube but not in the same cube as him and she stopped talking to him he keeps trying to get in touch with her you know but again he's in this cube all he can do is just send keyboard messages um it is weird quirky but man, uh, it is pretty good. I really liked it. Um, again, it's a little slow, but it's sci-fi. So yeah. sometimes the slow sci-fi movies with a dystopian future, to me, you remember Moon with uh, Sam, Sam Rockwell? Rockwell? That was such a good movie, but it's yeah, got, it was a little slow on that. It's got that vibe. Okay. And so oh, that's why, wow. I mean, yeah, to me, I mean, it's got that slow vibe and you definitely want to go on the adventure. And also Molly Parker is just an amazing actor. And so when she shows up, how do you not go? All right. You know what? I don't care. She's gold. I'm watching the movie. Fair enough. I think you uh, might have sold me on that one. And I think it's free on Amazon Prime. It was for me anyway. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's via, uh, available via that. So, yeah, that's where a lot of the movies are going. They, IMDb gave this a, a, a 5.2. If you're a sci-fi fan, I mean, I, you'll kick this up to a 7, in, okay. in my opinion. Nice. Yeah. All right, then. Well, uh, now it is time to get to The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got? So... I'm a little surprised that I did not catch this. Oh, oh, okay. So this is a movie that came out a couple weeks ago. I think it's because it's one of those um, like Sundance type movies. Oh, okay. Uh, but it has one of BJ's favorite actresses in it. Oh, oh, okay. Amy Pond. Oh, Karen Gillan's so awesome. Yes. Oh, wow. And <clears throat> this is what they're calling it. It's Black Mirror meets The Hunger Games. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> wow. And it says, ever just want to fight your clone to the death? All right, yeah, that sounds <laughs> great. Oh, yeah. I, um, Very yeah, in. Yeah. Karen Gillan is terrific. I mean, we've a lot of people only know her as Nebula, which, of course, when you realize how amazing Nebula is, that is nothing like a role I've ever seen Karen Gillan in before. She is so good. Uh, so, so good. 
This, I mean, uh, like I said, it was Sundance. This movie actually got, it doesn't have an audience score yet, but the tomato meter has it at 80%. Okay, and it's coming to theaters? Is I'm, that what it is? I'm assuming so, because I think right now it's doing the, uh, Oh, it doing called? the rounds and yeah, stuff like the, that with the, all the, uh, yeah, the... The festival the, circuit, mm-hmm. I think you would call it. But uh, here's what the IMDb synopsis says. It's a woman opts for a cloning procedure after she receives a terminal diagnosis, but when she recovers her attempts to have her clone decommission fail, leading to a court-mandated duel to the death. (laughs) (laughs) It's a sci-fi thriller. Aaron Paul's also in this. Oh, look at this. Get yourself a new clone, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Mr. Pinkman. That's not how we handle the case. I'm sorry. Yeah, look, it it looks like it's a science fiction comedy, so uh, it won't be taking itself that seriously. Oh, and Karen's so good at comedy. So, yeah, this this, this should be fun. Yeah, like BJ said, if you don't know her from anything else besides Nebula, this is going to be a very, very different take. Or like you're going to have a very different take of this actress. Yeah, it looks like uh, it just recently dropped uh, at Sundance. And so they Mm -hmm. have uh, some film company has uh, acquired the rights for distro. We just don't know yet. This seems like very. I'm like kind of stoked about this one. It's looking like, according to like Google, it says that Jesse Eisenberg's in this, but I don't know if I saw oh. that on IMDb or not. Yeah, I haven't wow. seen him on the list other than mm. just the fact that, uh, yeah, yeah, it just says that he was announced to do it, but I haven't seen necessarily if he's actually still in it or if he was just announced to be in it. Or if they cut him out. Yeah, yeah, like, do not know on this one. Yeah, because even when you go to Rotten Tomatoes, there's not even an image of the movie. There's only a couple maybe pictures down below, but there's nothing really there's no real info. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is going to be one of those movies in maybe a couple of weeks or a couple of months. I'm going to be doing another geek sheet. Like, guess what came out this week? You remember that thing we talked about? Well, now it's officially out for theaters for people like you and me. That'll be interesting because, I mean, BJ, you're going to love it because you're going to get two Karen Gillans in this one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And and Karen's done that before. Uh, She played... In a Doctor Who a Doctor Who episode, and I, I don't know if it was either in, uh, you know, gosh, what season it was, if it was actually season five or season six, but she got to play a version of her older self who spent like 20, 25 years all alone oh. because she got trapped in time, basically. And sh- so the younger version who she played normally in the show got to meet the older version and what a terrific performance. I was like, wow. I mean, you re- she was able to really make you believe that she was an older person with her demeanor, the way she was, the way she handled herself. Uh, I was impressed. So I don't know the name of the episode. The but Girl it's Who the- Waited? Yes, thank you. Oh. Uh, well, no, The Girl Who... Uh, I don't know if it that's- says a version of Amy Pond from an alternate timeline where yep. she was trapped in the two streams facility of Appalachia for 36 yeah. years. That's her. Oh, the girl yeah. who waited. Yeah, the, the girl who waited. Uh, that is, um, that's a great episode where you get to see Karen really show off some good acting chops in that one. Uh, one other piece of news, like movie news, that I thought was pretty cool, or mm. TV show, I guess. A little bit of everything, I guess. Uh, a character, an actress that Rev likes. Hmm. She may or may not have been in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, is that Anna? Anna? Oh, yeah. oh Anna Kendrick? No. Oh, um, Aubrey Plaza? 
No. Um, oh, uh, she was also in Birds of Prey. Uh, Winstead. Mary Winstead. Yes. Yeah, I can't. Oh, Mary Elizabeth yeah. Mary Winstead. Elizabeth. Yes. I was trying to remember because she had three names and I could only remember the first two. <laughs> driving me Gosh, nuts. Right? I forgot about those two, Aubrey and Mary Elizabeth, being in that right? movie. Yeah. I totally forgot. Miss Ramona Flowers herself. Yes, I, I figured she'd be the first one, but I, know, I, I did not remember think about her that. Name. I remember her name. <laughs> Hardest name to remember, that's why, right? Uh, but no, she was in Birds of Prey as the Huntress, which if you haven't seen Birds of Prey yet, go check right. it out. It's on I, HBO Max. It's I fantastic. I didn't realize. I think I need to do that now. Oh, she is fantastic. Okay. And hilarious. So she is actually going to be joining another nerdy universe. That's cool. Really? Star Wars. Star what? Wars. She's going to be in Star Wars. She's going she? to be in the ah- Ahsoka. Ah- Ahsoka Tan, yes. Ahsoka Tan series. Oh. There is no reports yet on what who wow. she's going to play, but we do have her. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Well, that is very interesting because there's a lot of cool female characters that could show up. Wow. I mean, really iconic people in that world. Whoa. And I need to like catch up and still watch all of Clone Wars and then Rebels and, uh, you know, keep up on all of that stuff as well because I know that she's uh, uh, across all of those. So it looks like those. Too late. uh, I mean, they announced it last year that, you know, she was going to have her. she was going to be having her own series. Didn't really hear anything for a while until October when they broke the news that it's going to be a prequel and Hayden Christensen's going to return. Um, or Which at least, is... Uh, at it, least it, that, like live action screen because I think he's done stuff like for cartoons and stuff. Yeah. Well, he actually hasn't. Uh, it wasn't done, his voice, right? It wasn't his okay, voice. Was yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But their relationship is pretty awesome because she's his Padawan in Clone mm-hmm. Wars. And... Uh, he, you know what? The, 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 they really made uh, Anakin a much cooler character. It really helped people like Anakin a lot more that the Clone Wars was, was able to air and give you more backstory, including yeah. this wonderful relationship between him and Ahsoka, which allowed you to see why Anakin got so soured on the Jedi beyond just what we saw in Episode 3. There was a lot of good stuff that went down that you said, okay, I can see why Anakin's pissed at the Jedi and doesn't trust them and is much more susceptible to the Emperor's sort of, you know, lies. Uh, and it all had a lot, a lot of it had to do with what happened with Ahsoka. So apparently, uh, the Clone Wars supervising director, Dave Filioni, and obviously John Favreau are the brain trust behind this series. So you give anything to Favreau, he's going to make gold. It's been pretty decent so far with a lot of their stuff. So, well, uh, I don't know. The Boba Fett's been well, people, I mean, people have been yeah, not been happy with Boba Fett. That was more of like a Robert Rodriguez thing. And on uh, on uh, Wednesday's podcast, we'll get a little bit into more why this last week's Boba Fett uh, was actually pretty amazing. Save in the series, my <laughs> opinion. Yeah, save the series because it really was uh, not. Boba it's Fett. a roller coaster of weirdness. Yeah, hmm. I mean, I mean, the best Boba Fett extra episode was. The one that he wasn't in? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Quite possibly. Dun dun dun. Until <laughs> next time, guys. Stay nerdy.